This is Sean Connery. When I'm not reading books, tending to my garden, and having them shaken, not stirred, I'm listening to the Small Scale Life Podcast. Listen to the Small Scale Life Podcast and tell your friends. This is Sean Connery. Have a wonderful day. Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. I am your lovable and huggable host, Tom Dommers. Welcome to the show. This is our 105th episode. Woohoo! Yeah, how cool is that, huh? I am uh, I'm so thankful that you all are here and partaking in this great show. Uh, our title today, in this episode, our title today is Homesteading for Beginners, Starting with the Why. And... Uh, give you a little backstory on this one. I've actually, we recorded this one a long time ago and I've just been holding it for a special occasion and 105th episode seemed like the right time to release it. Also, there's another uh, a super secret project from Captain Lumber Squatch that's coming out today. I'll talk about that in just a little bit. So, are coming out this week. So, I'm pretty excited about that. I think I'm the first one to announce it. So, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's what you get when you have 105 episodes and some really great people that you're working with on the podcast. So, a little backstory on this one. Uh, my friend Jay and I, we were pretty excited about uh, purchasing property this year in 2018. And we had done a lot of talking to each other. We were doing a lot of figuring and a lot of lot of thinking about what we wanted to do, our goals and our plans. And I know um, Jay had a planting plan and I was coming up with the new wicking bed design or self self-watering systems, ask her at wicking beds. And um, we had done a lot of talking to each other and we thought, you know, it'd be kind of good. It would be, it would be really good to sit down and talk about this stuff with somebody with a little more experience, somebody who's been there and done that. So we looked around and fortunately, fortunately, I know a few people, right? I know some people, I know they're, they're doing some things and they, they got the knowledge and we're going to import the knowledge and export it at premium prices. So we looked around and we talked to Mr. Greg Burns, Captain Lumber, Lumber Squatch, the contrarian himself, and uh, he's been homesteading for three years. So we pulled him in and we decided we would have a panel discussion. Uh, kind of bouncing our ideas off of him of um, how to make our new our, our properties new to us. Uh, in, in, in my case, new to us, and, and in Jay's case, uh, brand new property, uh, how to turn these into homesteads, what we should be thinking about, what we should do, talk about our plans, kind of kind of develop a how-to to start home to start homesteading, and uh, what we should do first, and what should we focus on, maybe plants, maybe things we want to plant in the yard, and, and perennials, and all that good stuff, and it was didn't turn out that way. <laughs> I laugh because uh, once you listen to the podcast, you'll totally understand. We started, if you, when you listen to this podcast, Jay and I started talking about where we were at, introducing our properties. Then we'll talk about all of our plans and goals and visions and thoughts and what we're trying to do and all that stuff. And then, and then Captain Lumber Squatch, he does what he does. And he throws it out there, 
starting with the why. And uh, we have a very in- we go down some really interesting rabbit holes in this in this discussion about starting with the why, talking about the ba- the current back to the land movement, uh, talking about the old timers, talking about people with experience and and working with them to maximize that property. And and then of course never forgetting the purpose that why that purpose why we are doing what we're doing. So this is a really uh, a deep philosophical question uh, question and and discussion and it was it was done over uh, it was done with water it was done with some homemade wine and it was done for some with some other uh, um, shall we say some clear liquids in a quart jar uh, somewhere uh, somewhere uh, east of me so it was a great discussion I really appreciate Jay and Greg spending the time with us uh, spending the time with me. And uh, I apologize to those guys for holding it for so long, but um, but I think it's going to be a great discussion. And again, it's the 105th episode. This is a two-part episode, so there's going to be a second part to it. And uh, there's just a lot of good information in this one. A lot of a lot of things you should think about as you are starting to dream about homesteading, or maybe starting on your journey, or if you're on your journey, maybe maybe kind of looking around and saying, what are we doing and how are we doing it? It's always good to to check yourself before you wreck yourself quoting mr captain lumber squatch greg burns so in case you're new to small scale life we are definitely talking about simple living we're also talking about homesteading we're talking about gardening and we're having some fun along the way having some adventures along the way so we are so thrilled you're here for our 105th voyage our 105th journey into podcasting excellence again we're not npr we like to have a little bit more fun than that and you'll hear it come out in this podcast coming up um and it, it was a lot of fun so uh thank you all for joining i would love to plug the secret project that's been under the wraps uh for folks out uh well for everyone who listens to my audience you really need to catch up with the contrarian beekeepers that's greg burns and um uh, Dan Bokris and Jason Blask, they are coming together and talking about their experience as contrarian beekeepers in Ohio, what they're doing, how they're doing it, talking their first episode, they're kind of talking, laying out uh, the, the point of the show, and then uh, then they're going to get into in future episodes like their bee yard layouts and how things are going and what they're doing. So if if you're into bees, if you're a gardener and you want to learn more about bees, I mean, bees are pollinators. They pollinate all of our plants. And uh, you want to hear some guys that are having a lot of fun and uh, they, they they like to laugh. And uh, I think even in one episode, you might hear them sing a little bit too. So they're not as good as me when I sing, of course. La, 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 la. But we are glad that they are part of our, um, that they're part of our network and they're friends with us. And I've had two of the three on the Small Scale Life podcast great guys really appreciate them check that out and they're on uh, itunes they're on stitcher and they have a facebook group the contrarian beekeepers so check that out it's really it's worth it and um, check that out today uh, and uh, start listening to those guys of course we love to have you here at small scale life and we will continue to produce content and keep going for another 105 shows and beyond to infinity and beyond so to speak uh, in case you want a supporting small scale life we have a couple things available for you first thing uh, we have a canning basics class from Sharon Peterson at simply canning they are a, we are an affiliate of simply canning and we are promoting their 
uh, Sharon's class. So go check that out. It's really good. If you wanted to learn how to can, if you've been canning a long time and want to to brush up on some skills or mm, maybe learn how to do it properly compared to how grandma did it, this might be a good class for you. I'm taking the class right now. I want to improve my skills. So hopefully you join me over there. Um, feel free to shoot me any questions if, you, if, you're, if you're curious about the class. Uh, next thing we've got, we've got kit.com slash life. That's an online general store where you can get some of the products that we use around the house uh, in, our, in our everyday life, in our garden wherever. This is stuff we use, we recommend, we like it, and it's tied to Amazon. So if you buy something from kit.com slash life, it's actually ordering it from Amazon. So it goes right to my Amazon account and uh, everything uh, is ordered that way. And you are contributing just a small percentage to of your of your purchase does go to Small Scale Life and uh, that does not inflate your price at all, doesn't infl- inflate your cost, it's just a percentage of the sale. Uh, the other thing we do have a small scale life affiliate a link in the show notes of course so if you want to avoid the whole kit thing and you just want to go do some shopping go ahead and use it use that affiliate link and remember that kind of resets every 24 hours so if you go looking for something on sunday night and you go and order on wednesday i'm not going to get a percentage of that wah, 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 wah. but feel free to do that and uh, you'll help us keep our lights on keep the hosting fees in check and in line and also help with the launch of the membership site. So we'll get to that in a future podcast. But sit back and relax. Listen to this podcast. Maybe you want to pour yourself a drinky drink because we're do we were doing that that night too. Although one of us wasn't good on him. But uh, enjoy the show, and I hope you learn a lot. Uh, I'll wrap it up at the very end. And again, this is part one of, of two, and uh, we're really glad you're here at Small Scale Life. So without further ado, here is Jay. Captain Lumber Squatch Greg Burns and myself talking about homesteading for beginners, starting with the why. All right, very excited today. We have a great podcast. I've got two good guys, and we are spanning three time zones across our glorious country. Out in the East Coast, I have Mr. Greg Burns. Say hello, Greg. Hello, Greg. <laughs> and I am in Central Time. I am your son, uh, your lovable host, Tom. And then out in Mountain Time, I have my good friend, Jay. How are you doing, Jay? Gentlemen. All right. And ladies. We do have some ladies that listen to oh, the show. Right. Yes. People. People. People, hello. People, hello. So welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. I am glad you guys are here. Today, we have a great topic. We have assembled a great panel here to talk about homesteading. We have two noobs and one experienced guy who used to be sitting where we are today. And I thought it would be great to bring everybody together and start talking to Greg and each other about homesteading, where we start, how you start, definition of it, and we'll see where it goes from there. So, Jay, do you want to talk first about where where you're at in the whole process? Sure. Um, as of May 2018, next month, we're going to be closing on a house. It's a new home build that sits on an acre and a half out in a temperate climate. You know, it'll be good. It's going to sit on a fairly decent slope. So, uh Purchased the house with the ex, like the explicit idea of putting in some permanent garden beds, trying a little bit of food forestry, and then expanding uh, into an outbuilding so we can maybe do some 
aquaponics style planting in an outbuilding and get get that going. But um, at this point, we're just going to start with the garden beds and start real basic so we don't get in over our heads and do that. So Right. And uh, for those of you who have been longtime listeners to Small Scale Life, Jay has been on before when we were really talking about rural property, buying rural property, and we were thinking we'd both be out in a rural setting and, and doing our thing out there. Jay made that happen. Me, on the other hand, I am completely different. I am in a north, well, north Minneapolis, um, gosh, not too far away from downtown Minneapolis, maybe like 15 minute drive. I've got a rail yard just about three, two blocks to the south. I've got, I'm in a neighborhood. I've got 6,300 square feet of property. Uh, we are closing on this place in early June. And uh, I know I talked a lot about moving out to western Wisconsin, but we are actually going to stake our flag here. And we talked, Julie and I talked about that a couple podcasts ago about making it go right here in North Minneapolis, and then seeing what we can do with that. Now I do have a couple raised beds, bunch of a uh, couple two four by six raised beds, and I did garden in those last year. Kind of got everything in late and, and managed to get some good stuff out of it, but. Um, you know what what can we do with this property that's really the question and make it make it you know start our world and really make it interesting you know as opposed to postage stamp north minneapolis you know every yard looks the same everybody's got the boulevard trees and really blah <laughs> you know typical north minneapolis uh north suburb or not even a suburb but no uh urban area type design and urban area type space so that's what we've got here. Greg, how about you? Well, we're also uh, beginning homesteaders, too. We're, we've only been at it for three years, but we kind of <clears throat> get over ambitious at most times. So we've gotten a, a lot of feedback from starting a lot of systems and seeing what works for us and then doesn't work. But we're on uh, the house, the homestead part of our property is on five acres. And then the farm, which is a couple driveways down, is on 10 acres. And so over the last three years, uh, outside of raising seven kids uh, here on the homestead, um, we've uh, kind of implemented and put in all kinds of different systems uh, just to try to see, you know, what works for us, what works best together, and then try to find uh, a happy medium where we're finding, you know, the most simple systems that all work in place that give us the quality of life and also the joy and happiness uh, that we want out of this entire um, journey. So within all of that, there's um, everything from uh, full on. I'd like to say that I'm a recovering permaculturalist because <laughs> I drank that Kool-Aid early on and kind of went full full on with um, a few of these different systems. And not to say that they're not appropriate, but like with any system, there's certain contexts that are more appropriate than the others. But, um, you know, you kind of... Uh, Things kind of shift and migrate and move and continually evolve. And um, what we do now, um, and what we've, I guess what we've had done, uh, we've just kind of tailored those things to kind of where we are today, which is raising animals, um, raising uh, you know produce for ourselves, and then uh, the the bigger focus currently is on uh, more of perennial food systems, uh, fruits, nuts, fibers, uh, kind of in line with some of the uh, Mark Shepherd esque uh, kind of things. And along, and then also incorporating bees into the whole thing. So, hmm. the more we, the, long, the more experience we get, you know, it's you know, it, 
the more we know we don't know, but we just keep trying to fine-tune a system that works for us and, and meets our goals for our life, which is going to be completely different than what Jay's family wants and what Tom's family wants. Right, and that's a that's an important concept too, is family. You're not only raising livestock and and you know nuts and produce but you're also raising a family there you've got you've got a full house over there in ohio don't you greg <laughs> yeah and and that's that's you know our kids are our main crop that yep. you know that's it's, it's super easy to kind of lose focus um when you're when you put on the homestead boots and then you start out there and you start off to try to carve out this kind of a life it's it's really easy to lose focus um but it, it's important for us to always remember that our, our kids are our, our main crop. And so if it's, if it doesn't, if our, what we're doing doesn't align with that number one goal, then we need to keep reminding ourselves to reevaluate, you know, like with any other thing that you might, you know, add to the farmstead or homestead, you know? Oh yeah. And it's been really cool to watch from afar. You know, your kids have been involved in Hogtoberfest. They've been building beehives. They've been involved in managing the farm with you. And sometimes, you know, you're not you. You have other work lab obligations. And you're not there, so they pitch in and they're they're homeschooled. And so they're really, really involved in everything you do. Right. And that's that's the whole goal. If we can't um, do all these things together, then Dad has a hobby. Yep. <laughs> and when Dad has seven kids, you know, Dad has priorities and responsibilities to. You know, train these kids up in a way they should go. So you kind of, you know, have to, you know, curb, uh, you know, some of the hobbies that you've had in the past or other uh, things that you want to do until it's a more appropriate time to do so, you know? Yeah, I totally do. Totally do. And I'm, see, I'm a little different than you guys where I'm on the other side of that. Both of my boys, I've got one in college. The other one is out, it was out of the military and is working. So I've got a little different scenario here. And Jay, you're on the other side of that as well. Yeah. I uh, just got married in November to my beautiful wife. Um, I don't even know if she's going to listen to this. Usually she... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she uh she'll catch my podcast apparently she loves the sound of my voice so hi honey um, <laughs> but uh yeah we're so we're talking about having kids you know they're around the corner yeah there's no but pressure Jay. there's no what pressure we're trying Jay. to do well yeah i i mean i uh, greg seven kids is that's fantastic and really uh, congratulations it yes it's, congratulations it's man that is cool i i not to get too political about it, but I think we've sort of lost that in our society. And I came from a big family. My wife came from a big family. And there's definitely something great about having such a big family. So I, no, I agree with that. We're, yeah. we're establishing ourselves. What's that? No, I said I totally agree with that. I mean, uh, Julie and I came from smaller families, but um, the extended family on her side is quite large. And, and that's a tribe worth building, you know, and, and getting close to, and the girls have done a wonderful job with that. And the guys need to step up our game a lot. And that's a whole different (laughs) podcast for a whole different time. Um, Maybe Um, if I had some homemade wine, I could entice them to come along with me or something, but (laughs) speaking of homemade, speaking of homemade hooch, what are you, are you guys drinking anything tonight? Are you guys, uh, are you guys talking dry? Uh, I'm, I'm actually drinking the, uh, it's called Arrowhead distilled water and it's, uh, the 1884 vintage. So I spent all day in some, uh, basically a Tyvek, uh, coffin with an air pack on my back sweating. <laughs> I, I wait, I wait. So we do, uh, pre-vitals before we get in the suit 
and uh, everything was good. And by the time I'd gotten out of the suit, I had lost six pounds, and that was a 15-minute period. So I do uh, pre-vitals before <laughs> I do the podcast, and it, yeah. the, I broke the scale. So we won't be yep. doing any post-podcast um, <laughs> vitals. But I am actually drinking um, a – it's called Badass Wine. And it's a uh, uh, Verhe family 2000, um, and badass is badass rhubarb. It's so there's rhubarb and I think raspberry in there. But it's a 2016 vintage, vintage, very good. And it is a sip a couple and sit down because it does pack a punch. And uh, let me pour a little bit more of this. <laughs> as, as, an, as any good badass should, really. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But I, I did learn a while back not to drink in podcasts. But um, with this kind of topic and with these fine gentlemen, I raise a toast to you both. Salute. Well, cheers. So uh, yeah, go, how about I, you, going back to what I said, we're, we're looking at having kids soon. We've definitely brought it up. What we're doing is we're trying to set down roots and yep. – establish our careers as our primary source and slowly transition into alternative means of income. With that, you know, my wife would like to start a cafe and a bakery and she's very specific ideas about what she wants to do. She's got, she's seen a great improvement in her life, not eating processed wheat products. And Mm. she does Say that she has a sensitivity to gluten, but she can and has eaten uh, some wheat products before if it's actually processed wheat the proper way and that sort of those, I guess those proteins are limited, you know, and not kind of processed by big corporation type stuff. I, on the other hand, I'd like to grow vegetables. I like to make salsa jams, that type of stuff. And I've got all this land and nothing would kill me more inside to see that land just turned into a big lawn yeah you know <laughs> yeah yeah be a shame it. wouldn't it yeah yeah um one because i'm gonna have to be the one to mow it yep two you know where are you gonna get your your lettuces for salads and your blueberries and raspberries for you know breakfast or just for a snack or smoothies or whatever we're gonna i she she doesn't fully grasp the concept right now because she can't see it, but she doesn't grasp the concept of what I'm going to be engineering for that plot. Um, it's to the point where our septic system that's being installed, I did all my research on the septic system and all of the gray water coming from the house, including the septic tank, that drain field is going to be diverted controlled and used to water the plants so in in addition to the natural rainwater but at this point we're just going to experiment with that and see Um, we're going to do it one bed at a time one bed's going to have an incredible yield because we're going to be trying to do you know 20 by 40 sized planting areas so yeah that's big yep yeah and if we're talking goals i mean my goal is different um i mean idea i mean Potentially. I mean, Danny still lives with us. Our oldest son still lives with us and our youngest will live with us this summer. But we are really looking at, um, again, growing what we eat and preserving that as much as possible. So, again, salsas and dilly beans and, you know, all that good stuff. We're also we've talked a lot about 
giving stuff away or selling it, you know, but probably giving more giving it away. I know there's a lot of people in this neighborhood that there's not a very good grocery store nearby. And, and that's a good way to connect with people in this community, in our neighborhood and start building the community around us as well. So this is a good chance for outreach in some of the things that we want to do here locally. What else are we going to put on here? Not sure yet. You know, it really depends where we see it. But I could see a shed, you know, half shed, half uh, greenhouse to get seedlings going and have some stuff in, growing indoors. And uh, Julie really wants that chicken run. And she talked about a pygmy goat. And I just, I just, I just shake my head. I don't know what, what we do with that. <laughs> I don't know. So we'll see. Eat what, it. Yeah, eat it. That's what, that's what Daniel said, too. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I think we could really um, – I don't see us doing market gardening here yet. <laughs> There's always the idea, gentlemen. There's always the idea. And, and a lot of my stuff, you know, I really wanted to explore the wicking be- – or the self-watering systems like Danielle's got out in, in Den- uh, out in Colorado. I can't wait to see what he's got going because I'm building one soon. So, Greg, how about That's you? That's great. You- yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, my man. Greg, you're on. Okay. Trying to, trying to keep the uh- – three-way conversation clean there sorry yeah that's it's great okay. you know with you know having having the the goals and you know it's it's when you we're, we're the type to kind of throw as much stuff as possible against the wall and then see what sticks because you know we're while we're, we're still young we're both 35 we're, we're not young uh per se if, if we were 18 years old and we were getting started hush you know it was it, <laughs> you could well for us we wanted to get as much feedback that we, that we could responsibly get um, and, and the shortest amount of time to kind of help us pivot on our heels mm-hmm. to help focus in on the things that we want to spend more time doing rather than giving one uh, specific enterprise three years and just do that or you know we'll give give one vegetable a, a one shot we kind of did more of the you know broad scattered approach. Um, to get that initial feedback, because there's a lot of things that you'll find, whether it's uh, you know raising hogs or uh, grafting or putting in an orchard, uh, building greenhouses. There are certain things that, and that we're all guilty of it, is we have a romantical uh, idea mm-hmm. uh, that creates ideals um, that we kind of cling on to. And then we kind of push a little bit too hard for certain things that we want to see because for whatever reason we think it's cool where we think we really want to do it. And then you do it and then you realize, yeah, this, I like certain things about this, but it's not necessarily how I'm, I don't want to do this for 10 years or, you know, does, does the, uh, does the ends justify the means kind of a situation? But so we, we put a lot of things out there to kind of see you know, what worked for us. And that would be like raising turkeys and ducks and meat birds and having a laying flock, um, having goats, uh, dairy cow, beef cows, hogs, rabbits, uh, bees. Um, we, it was kind of, you know, we had the opportunity to, to, within this three years to kind of experiment to see what actually resonates. You know, one of the trickiest thing trickiest things is when you're getting into homesteading and we're like i said we're we're three we're three generations removed from from all of this knowledge so we're we're starting from scratch and it's it's tricky because you start to consume all forms of um, education and information um, and the next thing you know you have this 
big mutt of a thing that you think is the thing that you want, and then you try to do it, and you realize, oh, this this is not what it's advertised to be, you know. And then it, the big thing is kind of understanding why all these things do or don't work. And it's really easy to get caught up in chasing all these things and and constantly working through and battling like how to do all this. And you lose the most important aspect of it all is is why to do all of these things. And for us, and I, I, we've probably shared this story a million times, but we went for, and we moved from the an urban HOA environment with, with a cookie cutter type houses and the, 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 the double cut front and back lawns. We had some raised beds. We moved from that kind of a situation where I'm getting, you know, cited from my HOA from my trash can, you know, not being in the correct position. And Brutal. no one quite likes Hillbilly Burns gutting a deer in his front lawn <laughs> um, kind of a thing. Yeah. So moving all the way out here and it's like you try to figure out who you are, um, but you want you the, the big thing is to remember why you guys are starting and, and I forgot why I initially went down this road to begin with. It was to, to create a simple, smaller scale life that was full of joy and happiness and all these things that just naturally happen when you get more in tune with nature and you get more in tune to who you are. And in, in that journey, you get caught up and stuck trying to learn how to do all these things. And the next thing you know, you're Man, you're like way on down the road, a different interstate, a different state away from the intended charted course, and you have to be humble enough to to understand that. So one thing I always like to pass on to folks is, you know, while you're in, you know, these crucial stepping stone uh, periods of this walk in your journey, you know, be be super intentional uh, and 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 put the time into understanding why it is exactly. Uh, that you're wanting to head in this direction, what that actually means for you. Write that down. If you have to hang it up on the fridge um, and look at it every single day so you don't forget, do it. I forgot, and I ended up I ended up getting caught up in this romantical dream of uh, wanting to farm full time and uh, and raise all these different types of animals and enterprises. Um, and you know, it's it's really tricky, but it gives you the opportunity to see what these systems shape up to be like, what the earning potential is. Um, and that's that's the only reason why I'm thankful that we throw so much against the wall to see what's stuck because we could really quickly pivot and then fine-tune our course. What, what, would you say, what would you say was one of the biggest things? That, it sounds like you sort of trim the fat on a lot of the stuff. Not that it it's gone forever, but what would you say the biggest thing that caught you off guard was in terms of what you had to get rid of? Well, the biggest thing that was starting off with starting off from, from zero with, with no base understanding of any of this, you rely on somebody who you think is an expert in the field or somebody who has the microphone and is preaching a gospel of pastured poultry or raising hogs, whatever that it is. You kind of take their word for it and without understanding the full context you can kind of get wrapped up in a you think that's what's it, it should be and then you do it in your context and you get the real honest feedback that's that's what helped us trim the fat back there's currently a an influx of everyone trying to capitalize on the fact that everyone doesn't have any of this knowledge and so they put together a curriculum or a workshop or a program 
And folks like myself spent spent thousands of dollars obtaining this information and getting useless piece of papers to understand what that all means. And at the end of the day, if I would have just focused on focused on why it is that we wanted to do these things, we could have probably saved a lot of that fat hitting the cutting floor. I, th- I think it was a valuable experience, but it was learning that things aren't what they seem and things aren't what folks say they are just because they're in a position of influence. That, that, that goes to be said with, with, with any, any kind of a system and any form of, of education. But that was the biggest lesson. Yeah, I noticed that with college courses. I'm a little shocked to see that you have the option of going to a weekend, quote, certification course. It seems like the certification course itself is as big a cash grab as anything else, like a degree one of the one of the the worthless degrees that it, it, the the practical value is only in general broad category that doesn't benefit you in a specific skill. This, on the other hand, does benefit you, but wouldn't you have more personal benefit to read a couple of books, talk to guys like you and Tom and myself at some point? I know I'll be able to share that with people. My experience: Hey, do this instead of that. And or get it out of a book. I, for example, I just ordered Shepard's book, uh, The Restoration Agriculture, I think is what it's called. Yeah, I'll read through that. I'll make some notes. I have a notebook at home that I, I, I take some notes. You saw a picture of my planting, hopeful planting list. But it, it seems like now people are starting to realize like, oh, man, I can make a quick buck on on the permaculture certification or, you know, something yep. like that. When all it really takes is put the plants in the ground and it'll be trial and error. Watch a couple YouTube videos, um, you know, listen to some podcasts, read a couple books and then try it. Give it a shot. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing is is uh, everyone is looking for shortcuts to being successful. And there are none. There are shortcuts to finding success, but there are no shortcuts to being successful. And I, you know, I've, I've done the same things, you know. There was a time where I was trying to get out, get out of the family business, um, and I went and uh, paid for an audio engineering um, certification where it was two years of, of education crammed in an intensive six-month period, and it's valuable information. And I'm, you know, here, you know, talking through two preamps and nice mics and all the equipment, and I know how to run it all. And that was a dream of mine at one point, and it, I, I, it's, it's a, a great hobby and a passion and things that I can pass on to my kids who also are passionate about these kind of things. But, you know, it was also sold as you're getting job placement and you're going to find yourself a career in the industry immediately and you're going to have so much value and worth. And, um, you know, it was, you know, that I was, I was much younger than two. So I hadn't had all the experiences kind of seeing the trends and lots of other fields, um, but it's it you know and I and I don't mean to sound and I don't want to sound too political about any of this because I, I don't have a politic regarding this. But the 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 what the the hard truth to most of this um, is most folks listening to this um, have either gone to a church, um, go to a church, or know at least enough about it to kind of understand the the brief comparison here. But when folks are in need of anything, whether it's a financial need, um, whether they need groceries, whether they need community or they need a, a, a partner or they need love in their life, they, they want to seek towards 
something that's going to fulfill that. You can have situations like 10 years ago, at least in this area here in central Ohio, there was a huge boom of big mega churches sprawling up everywhere. You know, and everyone had a need. They, they needed community. They were lacking in something else in their lives, suffering from post-consumerism, debt out the ears. Uh, they were in financial ruin. And there was a huge gospel of financial freedom being being preached. Not not the Dave Ramsey thing, but that was – but, you know, you know, come to the church, sow this seed of faith, get out of debt, you, you know, keep showing up, keep writing that check. And folks had, had a need or any other need. And they put the time and they invest in the source of that information. And then things happen and you start to see a little bit more into that situation. And you see people for who they are or situations for who they are. And you kind of pull back and you learn something. The same thing happens in almost every uh, single aspect in life where somebody needs something. Currently, we're in another back to the land movement, myself included. And with folks with no knowledge, having a yearning and a desire to know how to grow food and protein for themselves and live a more simple, small-scale life and, and, and really learn and find out what it means uh, to kind of live with nature instead of working against it. You try to figure out what that means. And folks are you know, familiar with GMOs and all these things that have also been um, all up in everybody's face. And so you try to live a more organic, was the buzzword you know, for a while. You, you, seek, you seek out those things. And permaculture is another prime example of every single other example that's happened in the course of time where folks have a need um, and something booms and explodes in popularity and people seek towards it, they move towards it, they invest in it, they learn from it, and then they see it for what it truly is and they back away. And, and every single example, whether it's the church, whether it's permaculture, whether it was audio engineering, you walk away learning an awful lot and each one is, is super, super valuable. But it's almost like humans have this innate flaw to where we're able to just go all in on something and not see it for what it is until later. The retrospect, I guess it wouldn't be hindsight wouldn't be 2020 if it was immediate, I guess. Um, And that that, that's a really big that's a huge challenge for homesteaders or folks who think they want to farm full time um, because they've they've seen Joel Salatin on Netflix. Getting you know, getting books and finding videos and, and immersing in that is great. The best thing in the world is to don't be too proud to go knock on that farmer's door or that old timer and actually learn, you know, why why these things have been done for thirty years a certain way. I've learned more from old timers um, that almost laugh when you come with like like the puppy dog. I've just learned permaculture attitude with them, and they say we've been doing that for a hundred years because yeah. we had to. Yep, this is what we did. This is did so we could eat, and so right. and so the land was 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 uh, had nutrients left in it next year, and so the animals were all still alive. We had to leave that surplus there, not because we were trying to uh, maintain some ethic of doctrine. We did it because you have to, or it's depleted, and you go hungry. Had an old guy. Had an old guy at my fire station. He saw that I was eating a package of organic almonds from <laughs> Trader Joe's. And I just bought. I just bought the almonds. I just. I was like, "Hey, almonds! I want a bag of almonds." And he's like, "Organic, huh?" You know, in my day, we just called that food. <laughs> Boom. That's <laughs> it. I, like, I was like, "You know what? You're correct." And uh, as a side note. Why do I have a feeling that we went to the same school down by Mickey Mouse's house in Orlando, Florida? You went? No, actually, yeah, no. I went. I went to the one here in Ohio, in uh, Southern Ohio. 
Oh, okay. Which is almost the yeah. same, same exact crick. It's same ideal, same doctrine. Same heartbreak. Um, <laughs> same exact heartbreak. And that was that you do good here, we'll send you down to Orlando. We'll, we'll, get, you, we'll get you a job tomorrow. Like, okay. I was – I was ready. I graduated, and I was ready to. I was ready to be the next Quincy Jones. Boom! Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I and no joke. I, I was dating a girl at the time. I got a. I got a. My graduation day. I got a call from a band that I had been working with. I. I. I hustled when I was in school, and when graduation day came, I got asked to go on a tour with a certain band with a million members from Iowa heavy metal band they wear a bunch of masks and stuff um and i got a call from one of their openers and they offered they offered the tour spot for me to help them out as a sound engineer and i passed it up because i was dating a girl and she wanted me to come home now hindsight obviously being 2020 at this point it all worked out for the best but those schools do give you the information what i got was competition when i moved out to la from a guy that had never gone to school and just learned as he went. He walked in, talked to the owner of a studio, learned as he went, was good to go. He ended up getting hired full-time. I ended up pursuing another studio job, which worked out well, but you can get the same amount of information without the $50,000 student loan. Right. I mean, can you imagine what it would have been like in that in that context to be able to even shadow apprentice or learn from Bill Halverson or, or, or Quincy Jones or, or, or any of these uh, Gil Evans legendary guys who can see sound uh, and, and, and cut it. it. The same thing applies for homesteading or farming or gardening. You know, you don't, all the books in the world that you're going to read on mic techniques and all it's, it's helpful, but right. working with somebody and just learning, I mean, you learn so much in, in such a short amount of time that, pieces get put together that you didn't even know existed and that you'll never the context is lost in the education format where there's there, nothing in the world uh can compete um or beats working with somebody especially when they honestly want to see you succeed and want to see uh, in this situation farming the old time ways kept on and living and move forward i mean there is no other better way to learn yeah there's no doubt about it. I mean, I, I've learned more uh, picking Tom's brain over the last, what, two years? Yep, absolutely. Than I, than I, than I ever thought I would. I, you know, get picking up books, things like that, discussions like this, you know. I, I've got a game plan, and if it works, great. If it doesn't, back to the drawing board. You know? Well, and it's, it's, it's not all over. You know, that's the big thing. There's plenty of time to remedy old sins or, or fix what you've done. It's not all over with one decision and one little project. I mean, that's, that's the big thing too. And my dad was a small town guy and he was playing professional football and he decided I'm going to be a farmer. That's what I'm going to do after pro football. And he bought, went out and bought a farm kind of like Michael Bell did. Just, I don't think he really told my mom and he just went and bought a you know, 120, 220 acre farm and cows and pigs and chickens. And, and that's what he did is he didn't know anything and we didn't have the internet, didn't have a lot of books. So he went and talked to one of the better, uh, one of the more successful guys in the County, not too far away from his house. And, and the guy really got him and 
really engaged and and really was a mentor to him and was showing him how to do everything. And it's too bad my dad got sick and they had to sell the farm. But, you know, having that base of knowledge, people who have been doing it and doing it successfully in each area is different. You know, um, Virginia is different than Ohio, different than Wisconsin, different than Minnesota, different than Texas, different than California. Every place is a little different. And, and as a content producer, we throw all this stuff up on the wall and because we're trying to be, you know, I'm a weekly podcast boom 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 and we're just throwing stuff up on the wall and we don't know if it's going to work or not but we want to be the expert in the field because people will flock to us and buy our products right so (laughs) that's how that goes guys but finding a mentor is key and finding people who have done it been there been in the trenches done it for years and i have to hand it to you greg because you have the you had the old timers out there at hogtoberfest last year that's what i took from the podcast about it and you had some real old timers out there talking about the old ways. And I think that's really important. It is. You know, when you have folks that um, when the old timers come out and they're, they're they're grinning ear to ear and they're telling you stories uh, about when they you know, I had an old timer who uh, he, he still has a he's, he's got a flip phone and he's figured out how to take pictures on it. And oh, he, look out. he took a picture <laughs> of one of his pictures at home where it's him with this. I think it was a 900 pound sow or 1100 pound sow ginormous holy and so you see that boy you see that you see that boy and i go yep that's me see that guy there i go yep because that's my paw wow you know and that he says we every year we would butcher the biggest hog the biggest sow would get butchered out and so you know it's 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 neat to it there's a, I, a lot of times i get maybe I don't want to, I don't, sentimental is maybe the wrong word, but I have a, maybe to a fault, a, a certain reverence for those that have came before and have blood and sacrificed and lost, uh, to kind of get us to where we are today. Yeah. And a lot of folks just don't understand that. And they think that it's cool and hip to, um, you know, make sausages or, uh, do all these things that are definitely cool and hip, but the context in which old timers ate blood sausage because waste not, want not, and it was their least favorite thing to eat, but they ate it because they raised the pig and they were hungry. That context is misunderstood and lost when folks think it's cool and hip to go to the, the local hip butcher shop and buy blood sausage with their double IPA beer that's a great meal. I'm not going to say it's not, but the context is lost as to how we got to this point. And I, and I, I try to walk on those things carefully because there's a lot of folks currently that subscribe to more of that mentality to where they support all these things like they should, but they don't understand the history um, of getting to all these things to kind of where they are. And, you know, and it's, it's, I, I get a little bit, uh, you know, I, I I get broken up sometimes talking about um, these kind of things because you, like I said, I'm I'm three generations removed from all of this, and so when I'm, when we're heading down this path, just like anybody who found something new that thinks it's revolutionary, you know, you kind of have this like blabbermouth mentality, and you're telling your friends and your neighbors and your family. Well, when you tell your family this, and they're like, "Oh, this is that's great. I'm glad you're happy. You know, good luck," kind of a thing. And then when they see you continue to do it and do it and do it. You know, I just recently had a conversation with my grandmother and my grandfather before my grandma passed, learning, you know, during the times in the 40s where I'm sure you guys have seen, you know, raise the flock of chickens in your backyard, grow your victory garden. During the Depression, you know, these were the messages that folks were 
um, you know, were kind of given. Absolutely. You know, I have family that did this because they had to. They they were raising before before uh, urban farming was hip. Uh, folks were doing that to survive. Yep. Totally. And I've got family who raised pigs in their backyard so they could feed their family. And to this day, my grandfather will not eat sausage um, because as a kid, butchering at his uncle's uh, in his backyard, the hogs and them being full of parasites and worms, he won't touch intestines and sausage or anything that has to do with that because of the memories that he had doing it so they could live and survive. And those are the stories that everyone pretends don't exist. They, those are the stories that no one takes the time to talk to the old timer. You know, we have a habit of always talking about ourselves and always making what we're doing the most important thing when we're talking to to our elders, and which and when it should be the complete opposite. You know, and when you open up and give them the opportunity to share those stories, and you learn how things were, uh, but more importantly, why they were. Uh, it's, it's it's super important, and for us, it kind of sets the trajectory. Um, of your goals and vision for the homestead, it, it sheds a whole new light on that. I would totally agree. I mean, there are so many stories of my great-grandparents and my grandparents and even my parents, and they were gardeners, you know, and they were, they had big gardens and they were from, they were from Poland. This is how they did it over there. And they brought it over here. They had their uh, flux capacitor and they would, you know, they would ferment things and and they would slaughter a lamb or a pig and they would they would have a village celebration and this is I, I hired a guy from Serbia and we were on, the, on my last job and we were talking about this stuff and it, it sounded like exactly what my grandparents did at their resort in central Wisconsin where I have my 38 acres and they would bring everybody together and they have this pig roast or this lamb roast and it was the best food we've ever tasted because it was real it was fresh it wasn't processed it was it was awesome and they did these other things to survive and they foraged and they did all of these other things and it's it's like you said the stuff that we see as trendy or cool or hip you know cuz this is what we're doing to be non-gluten or something or whatever and this is what they did to survive they made wine they made shine they grew garden stuff they hunted deer they hunted turkeys and this is how they survived in the new world and and in over overseas they did similar things and this is how we this is this is how we grew. And this is really why why I started blogging in the first place is to leave my dad passed away, my grandparents passed away to leave that legacy for my boys. So someday they're going to say, "What the hell was dad doing out there at 1 in the morning with all those tomatoes <laughs> and he's got this big cauldron of steam coming up. It looks like he's making meth for breaking bad or something. No, he's just skinning the tomatoes for salsa or for for sauce. You know, and that's what dad was doing. And I'm gonna have a blog for it and a podcast with you guys, you knuckleheads too. <laughs> Cause I'm glad you guys are sharing this little fun ex- experience with me. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see how it's all progressed. Uh, we pulled the trigger on that house. The, the the push that I'm making now to get this to get this going is great. I'm going to start recording all of this and keeping lo- keeping logs of the you know vegetables we planted, the processes that we use. We're we're looking. We listened to that minimalism podcast that you and Jules did. Oh yeah, and it's 
honestly, it's it's great. That is the We're, number one podcast in the Small Scale Life Network. I hope I hope you know. <laughs> Everybody listened to that. They thought accepted. it was great. Yeah, they <laughs> thought it was great. Uh, we're looking, so we're looking to get away from the city where we're at. We are so we are in the center. We are so close to all of it. We talked about the commute because it's going to be an hour, hour and a half for each of us, you know. And what we also talked about was the fact that when we get home for the first couple of years, we, I tell you, we are going to be, we are going to be putting in so many projects and so many hours together. And I think that those traditions and that connection that you get from those traditions, you don't really see the rewards immediately, but long-term, if you realize, you know, you talked about butchering the sow, um, we're talking about planting, we're, you know, doing all these things. You're, you're building, this is going to sound a little cheesy, but it's the truth. You're making memories and those traditions build camaraderie. They keep the family intact. I'm in Wyoming right now. I'm in Cheyenne and I eat lunch every day. Uh, we get about an hour and I eat lunch at this cafe called dad's cafe in Cheyenne. And this cafe is, you know, I, most people would call it like hipster, you know, hippie or whatever, but it's the guy bakes his own bread. He cures his own pork belly. He makes a killer Reuben. The steak that he has is raised like 15 minutes from the cafe. And I was talking to him about it and kind of, we were talking about our plans and he said, you know, I was an investment banker for a long time. I got out of it and I don't have any desire to go back to that world because just living a life of simplicity is well worth all of that. And the, the modern world doesn't understand it. Like you, I've, tra- I've been traveling for the last, what, t- 10, 11 days. Yep. Um, and you're in an airport and all you really want is a salad and a sandwich. And all you can really get is like their breakfast bagel extract or a large Pepsi or a monster energy drink or whatever it might be. Your, your, your water comes out of plastic bottles. Nobody, I just wanted some water in a cup. I don't want a $9 plastic water bottle. I don't, I don't really need that. I think that all of our, I think that the modern world and these people, like you said, Greg, back to the land, I think is huge because we're going to start embracing all these things and you're going to see a cycle these old way of doing things and a utilization of information and technology to disseminate this to people that want to learn it. And there's not going to be a big stink. I mean, there might be reality TV shows about it at some point, God forbid. But um, I think I think what you'll see is people will get back to it. People will get back to at least having a garden. I mean, how hard is that? If you can find a Walmart, you can grow your own food, at least a little bit of it, right? Um, on some level, but that it, it all, I see it as building blocks. I see it as in, in two aspects. I see it as building a family, building tradition, building that quote unquote tribe. Uh, I hesitate to use that word because, you know, Reebok probably trademarked it for uh, CrossFit, but, um, I also see it as building a life that is full of substance and not immediately rewarding. It's an investment. It's an investment in yourself and your soul and your, you're, you know, <laughs> having a strong back and being able to 
move some land and plant some seeds and watch those seeds pop up and, you know, shoo away pests. Probably if it's a deer, shoo away that deer with a Matthews compound bow from your deck. I don't know. Well, I think, I think that, um, you know, in Greg's case, and I don't want to speak for Greg, he was, you know, we're all going along in our lives. You know, we've got this vision. We're going to have the picket fence and the houses and the job and blah, blah, blah. And then life happens, right? I mean, for me, the crash of 2008 was pivotal for us, uh, Julie and me. The the crash of 2008 was pivotal, and we needed to do something different. And um, that really set us a, a different course in our whole life. And I know Greg. Um, I know Greg. He had a, a major event in his life where it, it changed course. And we all, and my brother was the same way. He was a salesman in in Pennsylvania and he got involved in a massive accident and it changed the course of his life where he wanted to get back to Wisconsin, back to family, back to, to, back to our roots, you know, and back to the old ways. And this is a big, I mean, at some point the plastic fantastic is going to crash. You know, the plastic fantastic of this society is going to crash and we're all going to try to we're scrambling, you know, and and I think I think going back to what Greg was saying about mega churches, it's mega churches, it's Hollywood, it's DC, it's it's your urban center where Prince is going to show up. Well, he passed away RP. But, you know, these things or or the new baby out in uh, the Royals, you know, we're all scratching to find that thing. I mean, eventually we're all going to come back. I think I think a large portion of this country is going to turn around and say, oh, my gosh, this stuff is – what is this? I'm eating pink sludge grilled on some flat iron in McDonald's and eating these veggie straw things called fries and drinking this corn syrup. Awesome. I mean, at some point, there's going to be a large percent of us that say, no, we're not doing that anymore. We're going to turn around and we're going to do some other stuff. And and I think that we're plugging right back into that back to the land movement that Greg was talking about. Greg, we've been talking a long time. It's your turn, buddy. Well, you guys are talking and a couple of things were, were coming to mind there is, you know, what it seems to be is, you know, we're all too young uh, to really fully understand what this is going to mean for the next 70 years or 100 years. But if we could, if we just look back to our brief history that we think we understand as history, if we look to like the first, not the first, but our most recent back-to-land movement of the late 60s and 70s, if we were trying to, to project, you know, we're, we're talking about homesteading and how to get started and why to get started. And, you know, we probably had all these different kind of ideas on how the show was going to kind of unfold. But there's, there's, there's some really big takeaways, I think, that maybe we wouldn't have entertained if we hadn't gone down these rabbit holes. But That's the way it goes, Greg. At, that's the way it goes. <laughs> that's the way it goes, isn't That's it? the way it goes, man. <laughs> so what, you know, if, when, we, when we look at what's, what's left behind from this last most modern movement of getting back to the land, I, it's hard to argue for anybody. Uh, my grandpa was a, was a, was a pastor. And so I, I kind of am guilty of getting on a pulpit sometimes. So let me apologize in advance and probably also in honor of Tommy Cakes. Let me just. You got to get a drink. Bada boom, bada bing. Get a little drink. That's it's the, the universal sound of a court jar being open. Give me a... Oh, wait. Do we need a break, everybody? Do we need a break for for a couple minutes? <coughs> Ooh, no. Oh. I'm going to close that lid, though, because I only want to go on this pulpit for so long. <laughs> But everybody's got to get a drink. Delicious. It's little, very, little, little drinky drink. A little drinky drink. AJ, you better drink your water. Hurry up there. You might get a little parched. 
There we go. It's getting, it's getting a little dry now. I'm, 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 I'm warm and wet. So let's go. Oh, this is staying in. This is staying in. Yeah. So, Let them touch these yeah, things. So, Let them touch them. But what I wanted to, what I wanted to bring up is, you know, what's what's left behind. You know, we, we can only look so far into the future, and we don't. That's not even a privilege we have. Um, unless we want to go down an ancient aliens Anunnaki route, which that's wouldn't be for tonight. That's a joke. <laughs> no, I know. I got that. I'm just, I was thinking I, ready I, player. I did, the, I did the hands thing. I did the aliens. Thing. Yeah. Aliens. <laughs> aliens. It's really left behind from this last attempt at folks, our age in the sixties and seventies, trying to get back to what was real to them in the maybe twenties and thirties. I mean, what, what's, what's really left behind. You look at, you've got mother earth news. You have, Smoothie King. Um, <laughs> Smoothie King, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're coming after me here. Come on, man. Give me a break. I mean, I like my acai berry smoothie. For, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just, just saying. But, you know, <laughs> what? like, it, it, we, we're, we, we go to this. We, we go back to the land. We try to get in tune with Mother Nature. And then 80% of the people say it's too hard in the first three years or mm. it's not the not the life that they thought they were buying into and only a very small percentage stay behind um and then the rest move on to the next ridiculous evolution of man you know so what 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 are we, what can we do to or maybe we can't maybe that's maybe that's all, all part of the plan is to you know this is only for the right now yeah but we have to do something to leave something behind teach our kids uh you know be be that shovel for the neighbor who needs a hole dug to where the opportunity in another 60 years is there for someone trying to get back to where we were. But we were always riding on the shoulders of those that kind of came before. And I think if we keep that reverence through whether we're trying to figure out whether aquaponics is ridiculous for our context or not, or if a flow hive is appropriate or not, or if a hugel swale is appropriate or not, if we, if we, if we go into it with the understanding of why are we doing this to start with, and what we need to put in place to meet those goals and and just go no further than that, like focus in on those things at first. Then it's kind of like, uh, you know, what's that? Uh, do you remember? We're all kind of probably about the same age. You remember that? Uh, what was that song? In Vogue, free your mind and the rest will follow uh, kind of a thing. <laughs> yes. you, you I like it. You're going to sing that for me, Greg? So, what's that? You're going to sing that for us, guy? <laughs> Come on, bud. Well, um, no, there's there's still too much of this court jar left. Maybe we'll, we'll see where we get. You know, but you know what? Do you, you know, it's it's really easy. Yeah, I think you know, Salatin. Um, it w- was one of the pioneers of, I think, this current back to the land movement because he had FaceTime uh, on on video um, with you know those documentaries and his books and and, and things of that nature, where it helped to. Um, us to kind of see into what was possible, but what a lot of us did is not understand that that's possible in a certain context. And if we would have just understood why that came to be, we could have better understood how it came to be, and we could have just pulled nuggets from it instead of trying to build Joel Salatin chicken tractors. Yeah in Ohio or Wisconsin or out west where it's windy as all get out. Colorado where they're chasing where it, it down the field, yeah. yeah. It makes zero, zero kind of a sense. Um, you know, if we would just, if we could just 
you know, understand why these things work and then put something together that actually works for you and your context. You know what I could, I could, we could spend all night talking to Jay about, Hey, if you want to run, you know, hogs and ducks and, and have all this fertility going where you can then feed that into your garden and let it compost. And the next year plant all the, that works for me because I've got, you know, a hundred, I've got 220 foot of drop on five acres from the street to the backside of the property. That's, that's not going to work for somebody in Iowa. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's everything is so context specific and we're talking about human flaws and things that we have within us. You know, we all want to take something. We, we want to make it better. And I'll be the first to admit, sometimes we want to put our stamp on it. And when the ego gets involved and we, and we want to put that stamp on it and we, when we want to show the world that we're relevant, you know, that's where things kind of start to happen. And luckily for me, I've got a wife who keeps me grounded and she – she 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 checks myself before I wreck myself continuously. <laughs> there it is. There it is. That's the line right there. Right there. That's that. That's <laughs> you know. That's that's there, there. There's a few quotes that I cling on to and, and check yourself before you wreck yourself. You know, Ice Cube <laughs> said it best. There there is just no other way. I mean, that's it's so easy to get caught up in doing the next permaculture thing or the next homestead thing or you know adding this next thing on because you heard it on some survival message somewhere. You got to focus on what what is it that you actually want to do, and then set up clear goals to actually do it. And then once you make it happen, celebrate that victory. Like take the time to actually. You know, I we we did this together. I did it. We did it together. You know the community, whatever that might be. But it gets so hard um, because you find yourself in these cycles, and I, I find myself in these cycles when I look back to you know my entire history of getting involved in different communities or churches or outreaches, you you start to learn more about yourself and you see yourself doing the same kind of things. And you would think getting back to the land and, and getting in tune with nature that you would bypass all of that because you know you would think how more pure can you get than trying to work with nature? Well, unfortunately, fallacy, logical fallacy still exists and the human ego still exists and we're all still human. So we still have to find ways to work through all of this mess of stuff that nobody wants to talk about to even get to the things that actually work and, and propel our, our goal and our vision to the spot that we thought it, you know, you know, kind of wanted to go anyways. Does that make any sense? Or if I just, is this court jar just open? No, no, that totally <laughs> made sense, dude. It totally yeah. made sense. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm I, tracking. I, I, I am too. And, and that is the line that has stuck with me since our last conversation or when we had our podcast last time where you said check yourself before you wreck yourself and and uh, i do have to say daniel said that you just said go for it with him but you're telling us to check yourself before you wreck yourself so we're a little offended over here so you know give us some love man mm. give us some love. <laughs> daniel must be pulling your leg dan's him and his him and his wife christy they're they're great folks they've been an absolute uh blessing and asset to the community that we've built here because there's a lot of folks who are talkers and there are very few who actually put in the work, not the work for me and my farm, but put in the work for the community, uh, for everybody else to, to go build fence, to go help with butchering hogs, to go do, you know, all the things that take away time from all the things that you need to do. The Bokris family, they've, they've been, they've been great. And we're, it's, it's an honor to call them friends. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we were able to get you guys connected and, and yeah. get them on because they have a great story. And they've they've got great ideas, uh, but 
Uh, I, I guarantee you, Dan's pulling your leg. Oh. I just don't go tell Dan go do it. Dan I, has Dan has lots of ideas, uh, great ones too, and we'll talk and hash them out. And I'll you know I I'm sometimes guilty of, of pissing in folks Cheerios, um, in a, in a way that I hope sheds the opposite light so they can think through it. Uh, and so if Dan says I said just go for it, I guarantee he's pulling your leg. <laughs> <laughs> we had uh just jay and all the audience i i interviewed uh dan uh on sunday and that was a really great conversation he was out at the burns homestead and he's everybody took some time and he he talked with me for over an hour and it was a really good podcast and uh it it was funny because he's he's such a good guy and and thank you for your service daniel and and everything you're doing All right, that was part one of Homesteading for Beginners, starting with the why, with Greg, Jay, and myself. And uh, yeah, what a good podcast. It was, uh, we go down some really wild rabbit holes there, but you know, it really makes sense. I mean, working with, I mean, let's put it this way. In gardening and in this homesteading thing, uh, there's not much new under the sun. This stuff has been tried before. I mean, as Greg said, you know, people did these things so they could survive. So people figured some of this stuff out over time by accident or by experience or by things that they learned along the way. So why, why fight it? We can learn a lot from, from some of the old timers. We can learn a lot from experts in our particular area. Maybe there's a great gardener down the street that you can go talk to and learn about what works, what doesn't. Maybe there's a variety of zucchini or squash that's resistant to your area's squash borer. Or uh, maybe there's a certain um, garlic variety that you can grow and would be great. Maybe there's a certain herb that they might have and they're like, hey, you want to take a cutting of this? You want to take uh, a plant? Go ahead, take this. I mean, you just never know what kind of uh, friendships can be forged and what um, what you can share and what you can learn from other folks who are already doing it. So reach out to people. Start develop that community. We're going to get into community in part two, and uh, that ties in with episode 38 where I, where I talked about building community around you. So that's a big part of this homesteading thing as well is building community, but uh, wasn't part of this podcast. Um, great episode. A lot to think about, you know, starting with the why, checking yourself before wrecking yourself, um, you know, and I really do love Greg's philosophy about his crop being his kids. And a lot of times, you know, we're, we're as I mentioned in the last podcast, we're going through the motions, right? We're waking up, we're uh, barely awake, and we're getting the kids out the door to school, we're getting ourselves off to work, we're sitting in a cube for eight or nine hours or meetings or whatever, coming home, going, running around to games, eating dinner on the road in the car, and then uh, getting everybody to bed and then collapsing ourselves after looking at our phone and catching up on Facebook or something. So there's a better way to do this. There's a way to distress your life, to take that stress away. You know, hopefully you don't have one of these tipping point moments like a car crash or a crash in the economy. Hopefully you're being prepared and you're taking those steps to prepare yourself for that. Um, homesteading is a way to do it. Gardening is a way to do it. Um, just being more self-reliant. And uh, that is really, you know, you have to answer those questions for yourself. What are you doing? Why are you doing it? How are you going to do it? And write, And as Greg said, write that down and put it up somewhere. Look at that every day and remind yourself what you're doing because it is really easy 
to start uh, wandering and start taking classes and start putting stuff in place and spending a lot of time and a lot of money and those are two resources that you might not have a lot of so uh, especially after purchasing a property so um, take time do some thinking before you start but you do want to start too I mean it's pretty exciting and um, especially when you get a property and you want to start to create it start to shape it and start your world essentially so I hope you enjoyed today's podcast Um, we've got part two coming up very soon next week and uh, we'll have some more shows up I've got some stuff in the can we'll get that rolled out but uh, thank you for listening today to our 105th episode season three episode 39 Um, and we're going to be doing a lot more so thanks again this is Tom from small scale life remember to learn do and grow and we'll catch you on the flip side we'll see you all real soon so take care everybody